Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The light of darkness can overcome. Stay with us, Lord, for it is a evening. And the day is almost over. Let your light scatter the darkness. And light and glory of the immortal Father, heavenly, holy, blessed Jesus Christ. We have come to the setting of the sun, and we look at the evening light. We sing to God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You are worthy of being praised with pure voices forever. O Son of God, O giver of life, the universe proclaims your glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who led your people Israel by a pillar of cloud by the day and a pillar of fire by night, and lighten our darkness by the light of your Christ. May his word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, for you are merciful, and you love your whole creation, and we, your creatures, glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh. 
and given them tears to drink in full vacation. You make us an object of contention for our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts, let your face shine, that we may be saved. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The first reading for this, the last of our Midweek Advent Services from the 40th chapter of Isaiah, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And the uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice cries, cry, and I say, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. So get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up and fear not and say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. And he will tend his flock like a shepherd, and he will gather the lambs in his arms, and he will carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those that are with young. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God.
we stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known unto us. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. This is the day by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our
From the second chapter of St. Luke, this is our text for this last of our midweek Advent services. Then the angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear friends, considering this text just read, to everything there's a season, and it would seem that this text tonight doesn't belong in this season of Advent. It's too at home where the carols and the Christmas Eve candlelight live. If Christmas presents belong to the day, the Christ's cradle Christmas presents would seem to belong to it as well. And is tonight's angelic tiding, is it, is it blooming too early? And is it blooming out of season? Well, properly and chronologically speaking, the angels' glad tidings of great joy that the shepherds heard, the shepherds watching their flocks there by night, properly and chronologically speaking, the good news here to the shepherds is not an Advent message per se, at least not in the traditional sense. You see, by the time the shepherds receive the news, the Savior is already born. He already rests in motherly arms, in manger, in the town just over the hills in Bethlehem. And so why is it then? Why do we consider this text tonight part of Advent's angel tidings? Well, there's good reason that we consider these angelic Christmas words on this Advent night. The angels' tidings, you see. The angels' tidings tell the shepherds what they should expect to find when they arrive at that Christmas cradle on that Christmas Eve. In the same way, Gabriel came to Mary Mild. We heard it earlier this season and said to her, here's what you can expect to find as God carries out his saving plan using you. And through the child whom you miraculously bear, it's what the angel came to dreaming Joseph to say. Here's what you can expect, Joseph. As God unfolds and unveils his plans for you and through you, for all people. And so too for these unnamed and these unnumbered shepherds here, the angel's message is the same. Here's what you can expect. It's what you, you can expect to find as God here carries out his plan. And the message is the same for us here too tonight. As we consider the last of our Advent angel tidings, we consider this one last angelic greeting, the one that bridges Advent expectation with the Christmas presence of the Christ child. Now expectations can be funny things. With gifts soon to be exchanged and opened, we know, we've known it, you've known it from your youngest years, how expectations can shape the way we think about the gifts that have been received. Over-expectation can leave us awfully disappointed. So too can misdirected expectation. Perhaps you're thinking on a Blu-ray video player and you open up a corkscrew. Well, after 
And, and then rather disappointedly, though, you, you find the silver lining in that corkscrew because you can't open your newly received bottle of wine with a Blu-ray player, so there you go. The corkscrew is, you, you concede is a good gift. Well, expectations. We heard in last Sunday's sermon of, of the dangerous disappointment of harboring wrong expectations of the Christ born at Christmas, but this Christ not only born at Christmas, but the one bound to and bound for Calvary's cross. And so the angel's message to the shepherds who did watch is in a sense a very, very important Advent message because it tells us what's coming. It tells us what to expect. It tells us what we'll find in just a few days from now when we again hasten to revisit that manger that still to this day stands in the pages of Holy Writ and still beams with unborrowed and uncreated light. These Angel tidings tell us what it is that God knew you and I could not do without. And so, consider one more time tonight, Advent's angel tidings, this time to these shepherds who did watch by night. In the first words of the angel to these shepherds, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Behold, he begins his remarks, Behold. Well, in the Greek, the word implies something unexpected. Behold the unexpected. And what's unexpected about this proclamation? Well, among other things, perhaps, perhaps first it's this, that, that it would come to, to you. It would come to them. It would come to shepherds. Not much special about shepherds. Among the whole brotherhood of those on the Judean hillside, I can well imagine, I don't suppose that there was a single one of them who held a position of nobility or royalty. Noblemen don't herd sheep. And so if you'd expect the world's finest message to be delivered to the world's finest and elite aristocracy who have studied and who've practiced the protocol of receiving statesmen and of, of receiving foreign dignitaries and, and royal ambassadors, if that's what you'd expect, then this angelic announcement to shepherds would be completely unexpected. And to the most unroyal, behold, he still comes, doesn't he? He still bears the news, and you, friends, and I too, the unroyal, we can expect just the same. He bears it to you and me. But also, an additional sense here with this first remark of the unexpected. Remember this, that as Judean shepherds, they most likely were of the house of Israel. Of this nation of Israel whose ears had been filled with the sound of divine silence for near 400 years. Now it's not too much to expect that they were beginning to expect to hear nothing more at all. From God. After all, they would have known the scripture from Isaiah, that Advent prophet, the one that you know well, the one that reminds us all and that says to you, Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will no longer hear you. And perhaps, perhaps just when the people were beginning to forget the promise, then behold, Unexpectedly behold the promise now fulfilled. Maybe to you too. Knowing your track record has been far less than spotless, 
Maybe you too would expect that the God of Advent and the God of Christmas wouldn't have good news to bear to you, but yet week after week and time after time, what does he do? His message, this message, is, as the angel says, is unto you. And note this well tonight also. Note it well. And take it home with you that it is indeed unto you. Perhaps among the greatest two little words ever uttered to mankind. Unto you. For consider it, what good would it have been for shepherds to hear the Savior's born, but then to have no promise attached to that, that it was going to be to their benefit in somehow. What good would that be to us? To hear Jesus indeed has been born in Bethlehem, but then to be there left wondering whether it would have any positive impact on you or me whatsoever, whether we'd be left just simply to be bystanders. Perhaps if the angel's message is wondering if it's any good for us now being 2,000 years removed from that holy night, but, but these two little words unto you, they connect us. Just like they did those shepherds, they connect you and me to that manger scene. We need not be in it. We, we need not have our own little figurines inside the manger scene. You could, though, and rightly so. But we need not for proof that the night included us as well. Why do we need no other proof? Because, friends, by these words, you and I, we own We own the good news that places us not only in the manger on that night, but next to his side, but places us too below his cross, the cross of our redemption. For the words are clear, for there is born, the angel said, unto you. And not just unto you. One more more truth of, of of the unexpected in this opening remark of behold. Because the angel said, it's not just to you, But behold, these tidings will be for all people. All people, not just the house of Israel, not just the city of David, not just to those who were born into families, Christian families, or those who who grew up in Christian families. These words, this message to be to all people, it's like the message spoken here tonight. It's for all within the sound of this voice. It excludes no one. And the message of this voice voice will be carried by internet broadcast from here and as far as perhaps Colorado or Washington or Minnesota or Virginia or perhaps as far as New Zealand and, and perhaps heard by others in between. It's meant for you who hear it. No matter where you are, and I tell you, no matter where in life you've been, No matter where in the circumstances of life you happen to be. God puts no restriction on this message. For as surely as St. John has declared that this Christ became the propitiation. And I quote him. Not only for our sins but for the sins of the whole world. So in the same way this angel on this night declared to those shepherds. And it shall be for all people. And then the angel continues, For there is born unto you. Born. Now consider what this must have meant in the ears and in the hearts of those shepherds. Consider what it means to you too. This message is yours as much as it's theirs. 
Consider what it means so that you can know what to expect in the Christmas cradle. If those shepherds knew the Old Testament prophecies and promises of God, then they knew that the first gospel promise in Eden, in that freshly ruined paradise, now the sin-fallen condition, they knew that first promise, the proto, it's been called proto-evangelium, the first good news, good report. They would have known that the first promise was all about being born. Because remember, this was the one, this was the promise in which, in order to deal with all of mankind's now fallen condition, God promised Adam and Eve that he would send forth a seed, an offspring, to be born of a woman sometime in time. He would send forth a seed or an offspring in order to crush the ancient serpent's head. Well, in the fullness of time, as Paul wrote, this long-expected one arrived and was, as he wrote, born of a woman, born under the law, born to redeem those like you and me, Adam and Eve, those of us who, by our birth and nature and by our own deeds, were condemned under the law. Behold, the angel said, today is born. A long-expected word, the angel declared. The first glad tidings of millennia gone by fulfilled in that Christmas cradle. It's what you can it's who you can expect as we approach quickly that Christmas cradle. But God doesn't stop with a broad canvassing announcement. Does he a one-time broad canvassing announcement? He doesn't stop there. He doesn't send you and, and proclaim to you this news and then leave you again. He didn't leave the shepherds in the dark, wondering which way to go, what to do. The Advent angel directs you, just like it directed them, to him. Saying, this shall be the sign unto you to them. He said, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. In other words, here's what you should expect. Here's what you should expect. I'm not pointing you, the angel said to myself, I'm pointing you to him. To him who's pleased, the angel, I can imagine the angel would have said, I'm pointing you to him who's pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus, you're Emmanuel. The angel would have said, God with you, born to raise the sons of earth, you mortals, born to give you second birth, he would say to you humans. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give you second birth, he would say, just as your hymns and your carols of this event will ring and will rightly declare throughout all of the ages. Now to the shepherds, he said, you'll find him in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. But to you, that's not what God's messenger would say. It's not where God's messenger would point you to find the Christ. No, to you, you'll find him cradled in the word and wrapped in the sacraments. That, dear Advent hearer, is what you can expect to find as we approach Christmas and the Christ in the cradle at Christmas. Just like these shepherds, having heard the angel tidings, 
Just like these shepherds, it's hard not to be compelled by the God-sense word of the Advent messenger. It's hard not to be compelled by God's word to the God-sent word incarnate in the Christmas manger. And so we also, to it we run, as they did. We run, having heard the Advent angel tidings, to it we, we run, as Advent, step by step, nearer and nearer, as Advent becomes Christmas, to it we run, prepared by the angel's tidings. This Advent season, knowing what to expect, we run and we soon in the Christmas word, we soon to marvel anew. We marvel anew at this thing that has come to pass. In closing tonight, I share with you the words of a little known but a very poetic hymn text written by F. Samuel Janzow, written about this manger-born shepherd of shepherds. After all, it was because, like sheep, we'd all gone astray that he was born, wasn't it? So that condescending to live amidst our filth and to wear our stench and to die for sheep who love to wander, it was for that reason that he was born, was it not? That we might be returned to the shepherd, Scripture says, and overseer of our souls. And so this hymn was written, this hymn written as if sung by tonight's Advent angels in chorus over the Judean hills. A hymn that well captures, I think, the sense and the significance of this shepherd of shepherds. It goes like this. From shepherding of stars that gaze toward heavenly fields of light, I come with tidings to amaze you watchers in the night, you watchers in the night. Your shepherd king from starlit hall bends down to weary lands, lies mangered, low in cattle stall. Go touch his infant hands. Go touch his infant hands. He shepherds from the thistled place, the flocks by thickets torn, his pierced hands heal all your race, sore wounded by the thorn, sore wounded by the thorn. Embrace the Christ child and with songs bind up the hearts of men to shepherd, healer, king. Let throngs sing glorious again, sing glorious again. Remain seated, but join with me now in singing those very words in our post-sermon hymn written for you as, as an insert in your service folder.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God of Advent tidings, who in times past spoke to your people through angels from above, hear the prayers of your people here gathered and grant us your evening blessings and benediction, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Our thanks and praise for the Advent tidings which you have given to the shepherds in Bethlehem's field who kept watch over their flocks by night. Holy tidings about the child born in the city of David, even our Savior, Christ the Lord, Lord in your mercy. Hear our prayer. The Holy Child, the Son of God, who became the Son of David, God becoming man to take unto himself the sins of all the world, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Unto us this child has been born, and unto us the Son of God has been given. Reign even now, O Christ, over the nations of the world as you ordain governments to check the evils of fallen man. Preserve and protect marriage and the family, and also protect and preserve and sustain widows and orphans. Cause the earth to bear food in its season. Guide our leaders, blessing those committed to serving you and overcoming those who have turned their backs to your will rather than their faces. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Prince of Peace, cause the angels' message of peace on earth, goodwill toward men to echo in our homes, that our children may know you and love you, as they worship and praise you and confess you with the church throughout the ages, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, cleanse us of our sins and prepare us to celebrate your coming, that we, with the shepherds of old, may hasten unto Bethlehem to see these things which have come to pass, even as the angel of the Lord has spoken them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come, O great shepherd of Israel, tend to thy flock, that we may hear your voice and follow you as you lead us to where we will dwell with you forever. Come, Lord Jesus, come and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. And I pray that you would forgive me all my sins, where I have done wrong, and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.